The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 142 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders, and I'm joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Chris. Good to be with you again. And we've got a very interesting subject today. Still on the property theme, mind you, is it really? (laughs) Well, that's right. As we'll hear today from our guest, Dave Goodfellow, who's the uh, founder of Iconic Training Academy. And um, yes, it is a property strategy. It's serviced accommodation, which we'll be talking about today. But as you'll hear from Dave, that it's much more focused on hospitality and there's lots of operational aspects that go with service accommodation. Uh, Not one of the easiest property strategies, but certainly can be systemized and outsourced eventually. But that does take some time. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me is uh, different types of property yield different types of outcomes from different types of input. So you've got to decide what it is you want to do. And I think this, to me, in reality, feels more like a business. But why don't we listen to Dave, hear what you have to say, and we can do discuss it later. So is it a property strategy or is it a business strategy or is it a bit of both? <laughs> and and you know Dave well because uh, Dave's a regular on on Clubhouse, the uh, kind of audio listening in social media platform. And uh, I know you've joined him a few times on there as well, Kevin. Well, Dave is a very good guy. I mean, he's he's highly committed to adding value and runs a a Clubhouse room every morning. Uh, what a commitment, right? Every single morning from half seven till half eight, you know, he's on there giving value, bringing in guests. Uh, occasionally, uh, well, you know, all, all sorts of good people from all sorts of different backgrounds, but usually around the property theme uh, because that's, you know, his area of expertise. And uh, some great guests on there and some people that definitely you would want to listen into and, and tune in. And just like a podcast, you can listen to it when you want. You know, you can, although it's live, you can jump in and um, I sometimes listen to that in the morning when I'm walking the dog, for example, and just listen in to what's going on. I know sometimes Dave invites me to speak and I try not to do that if I'm genuinely in listening mode, but uh, occasionally we'll have a, a, a plan of attack and he'll ask me to talk about something very specific. So a very, very nice man, very committed to helping an audience and uh, an outstanding gentleman at what he does. Okay, let's head on over to our conversation today with Dave Goodfellow. Dave, welcome to Wealth Talk today. Thank you very much for having me. Very welcome. Really, really uh, looking, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Me too. And uh, we're going to be talking about the strategy of serviced accommodation today and uh, why you believe that that's a great strategy that can help people to build more wealth. But before we do that, Dave, uh, I know you've got a, a long background in property. So why don't we start from where it all began for you? Okay, right. Um yeah, let's go back to the start then. So I've been in property for about eleven years now. Um, I was just, I was a an operations director for a, a home improvements company while I started in property. So it was kind of like a side hustle for me. Um, and I, while I was an operations director, my background was kind of project managing, um, you know, conservatory contracts and stuff like that. So I built up a nice pot of cash, and um, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to purchase some property. And I'm going to add some value to it and sell it. Um, well, I know it's called, I was flipped, but I didn't know it was called that back then. 
So I did that for a number of years uh, with my project management experience, bringing in builders and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, did that for a number of years, built uh, a nice little cash pot um, and then purchased properties and had a small buy to let portfolio um, in the initial years. It got to the point where I got annoyed with um, anti-landlord legislation and all that sort of stuff um, and decided that uh, I wanted to move on from that particular strategy. So that's kind of like in a real whistle-stop tour of where I come from. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Wealth Dynamics. It's one of the entrepreneurial assessments out there, Dave. But, you know, we often, Kevin and myself, talk about, you know, really got to know yourself, right? Some people are really creative. Others just love connecting with people. Others love all the details and the contracts and the numbers. You know, where do you kind of fit on that spectrum, would you say? Right, so I use something slightly different than the Wealth Dynamics. I use something called the Contribution Compass. Oh, not heard it's of that It's just a slightly different thing. Yeah, it's a great tool. Um, it gives you the energy that you are. And I'm very much an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I'm in the, you know, want to go out there and tell the world what's going on and create. Um, I'm very creative in terms of that side of things. So from a Wealth Dynamics perspective, entrepreneurial, you know, thinker big thinker want to build starship enterprises and go to the moon that type of thing my business partner is the opposite which is good <laughs> which is right? a good thing yeah. it keeps me back a little bit and we did the wealth dynamics before we got together as well which was the reason why we kind of went forward so it's no surprise then that you decided to set up your own company dave and uh, that of course is iconic um so tell us when did that occur and was there particularly you know you mentioned there sort of you wanted to get out of the legislation and what was it that spurred you to say okay let's set up this company yeah great question so for people listening it's iconic with a k so i-k-o-n-i-c if you're looking for it and typing it into Google. Um, but the reason why I got into kind of serviced accommodation and uh, setting up my business iconic, um, there was a couple of reasons. One was I was getting I was getting really annoyed with the anti-landlord legislation and the not I had the I had a um, a lady in one of my properties um in, in Chester. It was a three-bedroom townhouse, lovely property. She was great for about two, three years, two years. And the last year of her being there, I couldn't get any money out of her. I couldn't get her out of the property. And when I managed to actually get her out of the property, I had, I'd had enough. So I wanted to go into something else that I didn't have tenants in and I had more control over my existing property. Along with that, I was looking to build cash flow to get out of my existing role um, because I was working away a lot. I was going away on a Sunday evening, coming back on a Friday evening, and spending two days looking like a zombie because I was working so many hours and then getting up on a Sunday and going, right, I'm ready to go, going back down to wherever I was working. So getting myself into a position where I was generating really good cash flow from my existing properties and um, not having the, those, those ties on me through the anti-landlord um, sort of legislation that was coming in was, a, was the key factor for me opening up uh, iconic service accommodation limited and um november 2018 was when i was able to get the uh, tenant out and start that business right and um, did you set any goals at that time you know did you have a vision of, of kind of where you wanted to take iconic <laughs> not as much as what i do now so i'm, I'm very much um vision related and i work on my values and the 
I call it the four pillars of my um, life that I work on. Um, but back then I was kind of like, um, I need to get a certain amount of income by a certain date. So I just put a stake in the ground for my birthday, which was October the 6th, 2019, when I was going to be out of work. Well, I say out of work, I was going to leave work and hand my notice in. So I started building a, a business to create the cash flow to replace my existing um, funds from my, from my work. And I needed to get to a certain amount of properties to be able to do that. And I did that in a much quicker time than what um, I'd, I'd planned out. So I'd planned to, you know, leave in the October 2019. I actually <laughs> ended up getting the sack from my job in March uh, 2019 because I'd built this business in the background and I wasn't happy working where I was, with this particular uh, CEO that I was working for. And I told them that they weren't very good at their job. And then the next day I got booted out of the company after being there for 15 years. So mm. there you go. Yeah. But I was, I was on a path. I was happy with that. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, good job. Good job. You'd already started making the, uh, you know, the move. So um, I guess before we sort of dive into, you know, the nuances of, of the strategy of service accommodation, for anyone listening, maybe just hasn't come across this before, you know, in simple terms, what is SA? Great question. So serviced accommodation has been able to take a, a property, um, charge it out by the night instead of the month, and use it for a number of different um, people to come and visit the area. So it's kind of like a, a hospitality industry, if you like. So you take a property, charge it out by the night rather than by the month, and make your uplift over the nightly period and, and, and make a more cash flow from from that you will have a property that gives it and um, like like a home from home and it will have like hotel amenities in there as well so you will service that property um, you'll clean it once a week you will change over the linens you'll provide them with amenities like shower gels and that sort of stuff and that's essentially serviced accommodation so it's like a hotel without all the operational aggro so a site like airbnb typically we might think exactly that thank you for pointing that out that should maybe have said that and, and and well you know <laughs> how 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 much of a difference did airbnb or has airbnb made you know when it launched and over the you know the subsequent years yeah so airbnb and, and, and another one another well-known one is booking.com they they they're a great tool uh, they essentially become your marketing partner for your business if you like um they are you know they're a huge part of our business. They're not a, they're not everything, and we we try and create what we call direct bookings on a regular basis because Airbnb. If you go back to the pandemic, they closed, so we didn't have anything coming through them or Booking dot com. There was a period of time where they just completely closed off, but they are a huge marketing partner for you. We use we call it our foot in the door with our customers. They'll get people in your property for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned there, obviously, during COVID, you know, some people got hit hard, right? And they may have been, you know, stepped away from service accommodation thinking it's too risky. You know, what would you say to those people now? How can you protect yourself from something like that happening again? Oh, another great question. So, so look, back in, um, so it, uh, it was March 2020, wasn't it, when the pandemic hit and Boris Johnson came on and was like, you know, we're going to stop all travel for business and leisure. Well, that was our, that was our whole business. Now, 
there was a number of people at that stage who just put their hands up and, and left the market and just handed keys back to landlords, stopped using their own properties for doing service to accommodation and turned them back into buy-to-lets. We didn't do that. We took an opposite view. We, we did exactly what everybody, the opposite of what everybody else was doing at the time. And we managed to grow our business through the pandemic. So month on month, um, we grew, grew our revenue. We grew our how many properties that we had. And we managed to just take a different approach than other people. So we were looking at, well, let's think about how we can fill our properties. Uh, we went to the NHS. We used the NHS, um, used our property, sorry, for um, to put their doctors and whatnot in. We also went to all the key workers. So we were looking at angles of how we could fill our properties that weren't coming through Airbnbbooking.com normally. We managed to um, we managed to you know ride the storm and strive and survive all the way through it. Yeah, yeah. Entrepreneurial thinking now, as you say, you know, kind of do the opposite of what everyone else is doing, right? Exactly that. Mm, okay, so you know, great news that obviously you came through that. You're able to, as well to help many people, right, who are in need of it, as you Absolutely. say, the NHS and contractors, uh, just to keep things moving. Well, hotels were closed. Yeah, hotels closed down. Right, they didn't have anywhere to stay. So the you know, people that were staying in hotels, they got kicked out. You know, your travel lodges, your premier inns of the world, they were all closed. So where did people, where were people going to go and stay? So they came and stayed with, with us. So who would you say service accommodation suits? Is it a, a beginner strategy? Uh, people who have already got ex- experience, can anybody do this? Service accommodation is not the easiest strategy, right? So um, pe- people that want a passive income or they want, uh, you hear that you hear that in property all the time, right? Come and get a passive income. It doesn't really work like that. Um, serviced accommodation is more, I would say, more like a, a hospitality business rather than a property business, if I can say that. <laughs> um, there's more moving parts to it. You're running, you know, guest services, and you've got changeovers and linen companies and cleaning companies that are coming in on a on a daily basis in your properties, and you need to have a, a systemized approach to uh, building out your business so it, if you're looking to get into serviced accommodation definitely you need to get educated on it and understand the operational responsibilities because there's lots of them that people just don't understand um, it's not just about the revenue we call it the SA iceberg people get into serviced accommodation they just think of the cash flow and the, the money that's on the top but there's all these operational responsibilities underneath that people don't even think about so you can get into serviced accommodation to create cash flow quickly by doing sort of like rent to rent strategies and stuff like that um then you could if, and if you pass it on to a managing agent then it can be quite a hands-off service but you've still got to get the property you know set it up get it to a to a standard where it's ready to then pass it on to the uh, management company. But I would say it's probably um, the most hands-on strategy if you're going to take it through its full cycle. That makes sense. Yeah. And you mentioned rent to rent there. So again, if that's a term that's new to people, that's where you can control an asset. You don't need to own it. You're using other pe- other people's properties, essentially. So property is, a, is not about owning property. It's about control of the property, right? So if you're in a position where you can control somebody else's property or what we call other people's property and rent it on a monthly basis, 
and then turn it into serviced accommodation and sell it by the night, you can make the uplift by the night and that's where you make your money. Yeah. It's a win. Always looking for the win-win, of course. So both sides are, you know, benefiting there. And um, Absolutely. Okay. So I know you've created the service accommodation roadmap, Dave. So um, someone listening now might think, wow, there's a lot of work there, right? <laughs> I'm going to be a busy person. And um, I think the key is obviously learning how to build the right team around you. So maybe let's dive into the roadmap and just kind of walk us through that and uh, the different stages that someone might need to think about. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the, so the, the first accommodation roadmap was something that we created um, a couple of years ago to help um, individuals understand how to build out a serviced accommodation business from scratch all the way up to you know, scaling to a six, seven-figure business. Now, we, we kind of have been, had been through this process and made a lot of mistakes along the way, as, as you do, and we, we broke our... Um, our journey down into bite-sized chunks. So first of all, we've got find your SA area. So how do you find it, the right location? How do you understand from a numbers point of view that that particular area is going to work? You know, the locate there's locations within locations that work. There's locations within locations that don't work. So we've built a package out for that. Then when you've got your, your area, you then need to sell yourself to landlords and letting agents if you're doing rent to rent for example or rent to service accommodation there's a particular way in going to a landlord and giving them the understanding of how it works because it's it's alien to the, to a lot of landlords and letting agents because it's something different to a vanilla buy to let right then once you've got your property on board we've got the next stage which is um setting up your essay and then you've got to you know setting it up in the correct way so it looks appealing to um, potential per- back, back, pe- people that are going to come and stay with you, making sure it's compliant. And then we've got launch, launching your essay, so launching it to the market, getting on Airbnb, booking.com, putting it on your own direct booking website, using your right channel manager, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we've got things that help you scale your business to the next level. So we've got a thing called Office in Your Pocket where we can, um, you can run your business from around nine applications on your phone from anywhere in the world as long as you've got wi-fi or 4g signal and then last but not least once you've got all that set up and you are in a position where you can start scaling further you want to bring people in your power team we've got a course called va power which helps you structure recruit and make virtual assistance um, very successful in your business. So that's kind of the, how our roadmap works. Yeah, no, no, we'd love a roadmap here. So um, yeah, it's really good to to hear that. And, um, you know, I'm interested really, Dave, as well, you know, alongside doing service accommodation for yourself is is how you've built and evolved the business. Because I know that you're very visible online. You have a, a really popular clubhouse room. You have podcasts that you co-host with uh, some other professionals. You know, you're on Instagram. So, you know, how, how has that evolved over the last few years, Dave? And, and why do you think it's so important to build that brand online as well? So building your, building your online brand is really, really important, right? And a great friend of mine, Emmanuel Ezekiel, he uses a phrase called no like and trust. Now, the more you can put yourself out there, the more people see you online, the more people can relate with you, resonate with you, the more your personal brand and your business brand is going to, going to, to evolve, right? 
So it's very much all of the stuff that we do online is all about the know, like, and trust and getting people to be in a position where they will come to us. They see what we've done already and they can come with us and either, you know, stay at our properties, uh, work with us um, in terms of, you know, investment or come and learn with us in terms of our um, learning capacity through our iconic training academy. Yeah. And, and you're based up in Chester and you're actually in, in, in your academy there now. So, um, so you, am, yeah. you, you do a combination of online training and live training and, and masterminds as well. Yeah. So we've got a uh, multiple um, sort of angles that we look at this because everybody learns in different ways. Right. And some people have got time to come up to a mastermind or do a one-to-one on a regular basis. And some people just haven't got that. So what we've done with our essay roadmap is we've broken that down into a number of different courses um, with all the essay roadmap um, stages that I've just talked through there all online. So we've broken them down into bite-sized chunks. Um, we've also got masterminds where we do uh, one-to-many uh, masterminds. We'll do that we can, online via Zoom. We also have um, a couple of days a month where we have a start uh, a scale-up mastermind for beginners. We've got a next-level mastermind. We've got and a one-to-one program as well. So there's plenty of stuff on our website if anybody's interested and have a look at it. Yeah. And I guess people come to you, Dave, who've kind of dipped their toe in the water perhaps with doing SA and, and maybe it hasn't quite gone to plan. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when, when they're trying to do this strategy? So not making data-led decisions. Okay. So at the beginning of your property, so your SA journey, you have to make data-led decisions on your properties. Um, and what do I mean by that? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I get a lot of people coming to me with a property where they've set it up, they've put it on the market, they're paying a rent for it on a rent to rent, and they're not getting any bookings. Now, there can be a number of reasons for that. It can be, you know, it's not been set up correctly on the OTAs or in, on their direct booking website, and it's just not appealing to people. We call it their shop, shop front. Um, or the area just might not work. Now, if you haven't done the data-led decision-making at the beginning of that by analyzing the deal and making sure that you've got the right numbers in, in the area and the demands there in the area, then it doesn't matter what you do, that property may just not work. So I get quite a lot of that, and I've got, I get quite a lot of um, people coming from larger training companies that don't do the detailed analysis. Um, which is really important. And that's one of the, one of our kind of differentiators. Everything that we do is very detailed for our, for our clients. So I guess in summary then, Dave, you know, for someone wanting a, a good cash flow strategy, and as you said, it's, you know, as much about a business as it is about property here, then service accommodation can really help, uh, you know, fuel that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, a relatively low entry level as well. So Again, we at the, the the sort of beginning stages of serviced accommodation, doing the rent to serviced accommodation strategy, the entry point's relatively low. So if you're going out and purchasing a property for hundred thousand, you've got to put a twenty five grand deposit. Right? If you're taking a, a, a rent to serviced accommodation option, the the entry point's so much lower, but the cash flow can be more, if not, sorry, can be the same, if not a lot more than what you would get on a, a normal buy to let. So smaller in it's a small um, investment in and you get a large cash flow out of the back of it as long as you've done the data-led decisions and you've made the right decisions on the location yeah great so dave we've talked about all the places that you're visible online if someone wants to follow you and hear uh, more of uh, the great great words that you've got to share 
where can they go? Yeah, there's, well, there's two two main places really. The first one is a clubhouse. So we run We Talk Property on Clubhouse. The Property Coffee Meet is on every single morning from seven thirty till eight thirty, and we have a, a raft of fantastic people on 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 that platform, all property investors, uh, and we discuss multiple things over over the week. And the second one is the iconic iconic with a K I K O N I C. Um, property community on Facebook. We put a lot of free content in there, a lot of stuff about our journey. And um, so they're the two best places to kind of connect with us. Excellent. And uh, I think we're going to provide a download as well to accompany this episode as well. So we'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Happy to do so. Dave, thanks so much for being a great guest today on Wealth Talk. Thank you. Okay, interesting conversation there with Dave. Um, We will dive into some of those lessons in a second, Kevin. Let's uh, first head on over to Trustpilot. And uh, I've got a review that's come in literally a minute ago from Mr. Fernando, who says, having been introduced to this podcast, I just need to say that I am finding it extremely useful. Congratulations. It does seem to make the seemingly impossible possible, and it has greatly motivated me to go from being financially insecure to progress to security, independence, and then on to abundance. That's a lovely review, isn't it? And I happen to know that this Mr. Fernando, actually, isn't it interesting that he's a doctor, right? And doctors, when they become consultants, they kind of lose the doctor title. It's weird, isn't it? You'd think you'd want to hang on to that. But he's a surgeon, a very uh, high repute surgeon. And uh, what was interesting to me, and I reached out to Mr. Fernando um, because I saw uh, made, made, it was a sort of a BBC program made reference on his LinkedIn. So I always check people out um, just to see who they are. And and what was curious about it, right, was his father, who was also a transplant surgeon, and himself had both operated in different generations on the same woman. And I watched it on uh, BBC iPlayer just to see, wow, I was fascinated by it. And then when I got to call him and uh, just said, you know, I watched you, he was so grateful, such a humble man with such intelligence and such huge value he brings to the world. I've got to say how completely awed I was with his skill, but also with his humility. And, um, you know, one of the top people in the country just saying there that we've inspired him to move uh, his own wealth from insecurity, which means you can be well paid, but you can still be trading time for money, right? doesn't matter how intelligent you are, uh, to moving from a place of that sort of trading time for money to building assets. So very much hoping we can help this gentleman on his journey. And uh, obviously he's got a a lot to say and a lot to show um, and a lot to be proud of as well, both him and his his dad. Yeah, no, that's a lovely story. We we have a lot of medics and doctors, GPs in the community, don't we? Um, Dentists. So yeah, all industries. And it's nice now that we're able to connect them together and uh, they're almost kind of creating their own little buddy groups and uh, helping each other to build income outside of the day job and a little bit like Dave, I suppose he talked about how he'd started building recurring income from property alongside his job. So when he did lose his job, it wasn't a disaster and uh, obviously then gave him more time to focus on building the business. And that's a piece that I say a lot, but, but I think needs repeating because it's such a huge leverage point. 
that if you can take the little steps, as our guest last week, Harriet, talked about baby steps even, if you can take the little steps to move you towards financial security, that kind of lockdown lifestyle, enough to cover your main expenses, then you can either, if you get sacked, you can live with it. You can voluntarily move on or or change from a full-time job to a part-time job. You can change your life, which gives you more time. And the greatest form of leverage is obviously time because you can create this strategy that uh, Dave eloquently speaks of by controlling property. You don't even have to have a lot of money. You don't have to own the property because you can secure the property, as he said, through what's known as rent to rent. So you rent the property from somebody else and then rent it out to a different audience. And in his case, it's, well, you saw he went through a pivot there from leisure and hospitality through to NHS, another link back there to doctors and um, and into contractors. So there's a whole different array of potential tenant types. And, and all you've got to do is spend the time to research where that demand is. Is it near a hospital? Is it near a, an Amazon warehouse? Is it near wind farms being built in North Sea? You know, what is it where there's a demand for people who want to stay in nice places without the huge expense of staying in a hotel and the impractical nature of staying in a hotel for a long period with no kitchens, with no you know, real leisure time, you're just stuck in a room and that's not a great place unless you're on holiday. So, uh, and people are working, so it's not the same. So I think it's a great strategy, but you have to regard it though, I think, as a business because you've got to get those moving parts. It's not a set and forget. <clears throat> people often think about something like buy to let um, and there's no strategy that's really truly passive and Dave mentions that because you always have to get involved at some level and in service accommodation it's much more about understanding it, not delegating it, but to understand it well enough to know how to bring systemization into play and then once you've systemized it, then you can get out of the way. Then it can be more passive because you understand what needs to be done. Often people systemize things or try to too quickly before they understand what needs to be done. They don't systemize it well, log jams and problems appear, and then they have to step back in again. And then they say, this is the wrong strategy. It may not be the wrong strategy. You just didn't execute it well. And as we often see uh, in the wealth building journey, um, people start with one pillar and then build to the next. And obviously with Dave's, um, in Dave's case, started with property, doing this strategy himself, realized that, you know, he had a project management experience uh, from his job. So he was really able to systemize things and really put a process together and then turn that into a business, which is obviously what he's done now with Iconic and, um, and create IP. So, you know, create courses to help people, masterminds. And he's also created a roadmap and we, love a roadmap, but we know the importance of the roadmap. It's, it's, it's a structured process which people can clearly see where do I begin or where am I now and where am I stuck? And then, you know, we use that to, to help people move on to the next level. So, you know, in Dave's service accommodation roadmap, it starts with finding your area and then selling yourself to the agents and the landlords 
then setting up the property correctly, then launching to market, which includes, you know, what platforms are you going to be using? And then running your business from your phone. So uh, using all the apps that are available. And finally, you know, leveraging uh, others. So VAs and systemizing. So um, yeah, you know, really good process that Dave's got there and helping a lot of people to start using service accommodation as part of their own wealth building strategy. And I think it's so much easier if you can see the vision of what needs to be done rather than hear a strategy and think, right, I've got to learn it. But you don't know what you don't know. And consequently, you don't know to say, you know, like let's say, you know, the language that was used there with uh, channel manager and which platforms to use and so on. You, You know, there's no point in trying to discover these on your own and try and learn by trial and error. The best thing to do is always learn by people who've done it and who can show you the pathway. So the pathway becomes intellectually um, a shortcut for you in a positive way. So it saves you time, money, and stresses and strains of getting it wrong. And that's really what wealth building is all about, to to recognize there are people who've done it. And if you resonate with them and you follow what they do and they can add value to you, then you know getting in contact with people like Dave and many others who we have in our community as trusted partners would be, a good and useful thing to do. And I think you made all the references to his business name, including the unusual spelling, isn't it? With a K, I K O N I C, which is, is definitely a curious one, but there you go. And, uh, and I hope, you know, some people will re- resonate with Dave and his story. And if nothing else, join him in clubhouse, you know, check him out. And from time to time, I'll be in there and hoping to do one with him uh, personally uh, very soon. And uh, looking forward to that. And if you, want to join us on Clubhouse or you want to join us on a uh, another podcast or join us on a webinar at some point soon. Don't don't forget to listen in and watch out for what's going on in the Facebook groups where you'll we normally signpost what we're doing there, Chris, don't we? Yes, we certainly do. So uh, yeah, wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash Facebook to join our Facebook community. And also uh, after I finished uh, speaking with Dave, uh, I asked him if he has got any freebies which he might be able to share with us. Uh, For anyone listening now who wants to kind of find out more, and uh, we've got a download, five ways to use serviced accommodation to start or grow your property business. So if you'd like to grab a copy of that, head to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash one four two, which is the number of this episode, and we're going to try and try and do that a bit more regularly moving forwards, Kevin, because we have such wonderful guests with such great content that we want to be able to share that with our listeners. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and uh, we'll let's see what we can do um, on the next one. So, can you signpost the area of our travel on the next one? Um, <laughs> I can actually. Um, another fantastic guest, uh, yes, yeah, Stephen Moss. So um, sourced. So again, uh, using multiple pillars to uh, to build his wealth and build his business there. Yeah, yeah, and a great new app. I love it. Um, a sourced app. So definitely check that out. Good episode today, sir. Okay, thanks, Kevin, and uh, thanks to you for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, why not hit the share button and uh, send that to a friend, someone else you think that might enjoy listening to this. So uh, Kevin, we'll catch up same time, same place next week. Yes, we will. Until then, my friend. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.